Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go with me, please, to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. I got called out here in the auditorium this week. I believe it was Tuesday. And uh, this pulpit was up here as a surprise. And uh, Brother James and his sister Pat, they made this and and, uh, gave it to us. And I just want to thank them for that. But also, uh, I believe that this is a word that God is elevating His word. And there's a new word and new elevation, a new place this year. I encourage you to come tonight. We'll we'll be showing a prophetic word from Brother uh, Robert Heidler. It's a word he gave Sunday in Denton. And uh, he's got a number of things that he'll be showing and doing. And it's it's an awesome prophetic word. And uh, it it will bless you. Luke chapter 13. I believe the Lord has spoke to me. And tonight you'll get a prophetic word. Now you'll get a pastoral word that I feel God has just been burning in my heart. I want to share it with you. It's not typical, but it doesn't have to be a typical New Year's message. It's the Word of God, and it's always the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And it says in Luke chapter 13, verse 6, and this is the Amplified Bible. And this is the teacher, and he's teaching Jesus, the greatest teacher. And he told them this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it but did not find any. And he said to the fine dresser, See here, for these three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and I have found none. Cut it down. Why should it continue also to use up the ground and take up room? And he, the vine dresser, replied to him, Leave it alone, sir, just this one more year. Just one more year. This year also till I dig around it and put manure on the soil. Then perhaps it will bear fruit after this, and if not, you can cut it down and out. Jesus was teaching. I want to share with you the importance, I believe, about the fruit of the Spirit this year. The importance of starting this year off with a revelation that Jesus is always and has always looked for fruit. One of the things that my wife told me, she says, you know, go look up the number. She says, you know, there's nine fruits of the Spirit and this is 09, but when you go look it up, it speaks about the fruit of the Spirit and breaking those things which oppose the fruit of the Spirit. And there's something I want to share with you here at the very beginning. One of the reasons I believe the Holy Spirit wants a strong emphasis on the fruit of the Spirit is because we're going to need it very much this year to walk through what we're going to have to walk through. We're going to have to have love and peace and joy, long-suffering, patience, kindness, tenderness, meekness, temperance. We're going to have to have these things operating in our life because one thing that I have found as I lived in third world countries for 18 years is that when the oppression and and, and things are going wrong in the nation, it's amazing. The spirit of confusion that is loosed upon cities and towns, the driving gets crazier and crazier. How many of you recognize that the driving around here has gotten crazier and crazier? People in the grocery stores, things they say, way they act. How many have found that it's changed a little bit? How many have noticed a difference in the atmosphere on certain days and people seem to be more agitated or more angry or, or, or just speak their mind? And I believe the Spirit of God is saying that in the midst of turmoil, we're going to have to be rooted and grounded and we're going to have to be really developing the fruit of the Spirit for others to taste and see that even in the midst of turmoil and troubles, 
we still remain the same and that Jesus is still looking for fruit. This year also. Say that with me. This year also. Another, this year also. I want you to see another thing in that portion of Scripture that Jesus was teaching on. It said that the vine dresser, the, the person guarding the garden, he started pleading, oh, please, don't cut it down. He says, I'm going to cut it down. It's taking up room. And the vine dresser pleaded, please, the vine dresser is the intercessor. Write that down. Jesus says, I've had enough. Cut it down. The owner said, I've given them time. I've given them opportunity. Cut it down. I've given that nation time and time to repent. Destroy it. And the vine dressers are the intercessors just crying out, God, give us one more year to fast and to pray and intercede for America. Give us one more year. Give my grandson one more year. Give my husband one more year. Give my wife this year also. Not just one more year, but give them this year that this work can be done in their life. Don't cut it off yet. When you hear these things, when you see what people are saying and things that are happening, and they say, and you hear people prophesying, well, this is the end, this is the doom, it's all going to be destroyed, I want you to cry out, this year also, Lord, extend mercy. Extend mercy. Extend mercy instead of judgment. Let mercy triumph over judgment. Look with me, please, also in uh, Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Mercy, Lord. Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. Verse 8, this is the Amplified Bible. Also, it says... John the Baptist is preaching here. Therefore, bear fruit. Say with me, bear fruit. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And verse 10 says, The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cast down, cut down, and thrown into the fire. What I believe the Spirit of the Lord is talking here, that we need to pray instead of an axe. We need to pray for a hole. And we want to start working around that tree. You know, I started thinking about it. I've got eight fruit trees that my wife and I have planted from very small, and they all yield fruit. But, you know, they just don't, they didn't grow from a twig into the tree that they are by just planting them and letting them go. I've had to dig ditches around them because some of them are on a hill and the water runs down and instead of staying by the, on the tree, it runs down. And so my plants start, my tree, uh, trees start looking bad. They don't give the fruit that they did the year before. It's constant work to keep all my eight and I think I need to buy one more so I can have nine. Don't you agree? I need one more so we can have nine fruit trees. But uh, they all bear fruit, but you have to constantly be fertilizing and working and carrying and covering them and all this other stuff. Many of you know what I'm talking about. But when you taste of the fruit, it's worth all the work. And listen to this. The Lord wants us to be preparing our lives and developing because many people, they judge things by gifts and talents. Where Jesus judged on the basis of fruit. And listen to this. 
in this month's charisma, if you go read about it, it tells you about the different ministries, the pastor in Georgia who, who uh, got his sister-in-law pregnant and called it his nephew for many years. And you hear about the building's foreclosure and you're hearing about the man who's got so many books and he beat his wife in the parking lot. And then they came and arrested him and put, took him out of the building because he was a half a million dollars late on his. You read about all these things. But what got me about this article, and I don't want to mention names because he ministers a bunch of them, but what got me about this article was the covering was... God's in the demolition business. Or in other words, if it doesn't add up and it doesn't have fruit that remains, because he made us to bear fruit, if it doesn't have fruit that remains, the Holy Spirit doesn't matter how beautiful the buildings are, how many books, it doesn't matter how good it looks. Remember, Jesus cursed a good-looking tree. Just because it looks good doesn't mean he won't curse it. Just because some people may be fooled doesn't mean he can be fooled and he doesn't cut it down and destroy it. It's the time in the age where we've got to understand he is not looking for how beautiful the greenery, how big the trunk or the branches are, how long it's been around there. He's not looking for the, the beauty. He's looking for the fruit. And you know, I've gone through things and we've seen things in, in the nine years we've been here, then on the mission field. And you know, people have not understand sometimes where I've had to let certain people go. And they had talent and they had gifts, but they didn't have fruit. And Jesus said, if I am going to be Lord over my church, I'm not Lord over the gifts and the talent. I'm Lord over the fruit. Jesus looks for fruit. We stand in awe of the talent and the gifts. But I'll give some of you an example. Uh, you, many of you know who Bean Crosby is. Awesome singer. I was an awesome actor. He's dead now. But he had an awesome voice. But you know what? He was a mean man. He was physically and verbally abusive. How about all these people that we uh, listen to and adore and all these singers that we listen to? They're in rehab over and over again, but yet their voices sound good. Let me say something. It's not the voice because you drink water from the River Jordan. It's not the special oil that God admires. It's the heart. And you know, for a while there, you remember, and it's an awesome prayer, the prayer of Jabez over there in Chronicles. His mother bore him in pain, delivered him, and she said, oh, I bore this child in pain, so I'm going to call him pain. Well, as he got older, he says, Lord, don't make me face pain. Deliver me from evil. Give me favor. Put your hand upon me. He prayed this wonderful prayer that we call the prayer of Jabez. But the thing that was remarkable in verse 9 that I read, it says, but he was more honorable than his brothers. Before the multiplication came, the fruitfulness had to come. When God created Adam and Eve, he says, be fruitful. Then multiply. We put the emphasis, multiplication. He says, I want to see fruitfulness. I want to see fruit. And in the prayer of Jabez, what got me, I started thinking, I said, you know what? He had fruit. Enoch had fruit. Abraham had fruit. Joseph didn't have nothing but slavery, but he had fruit. And the fruit brought the favor of God upon his life. David's brothers were rejected. Saul was rejected. But David was accepted. Even though he had more moral issues wrong with him than Saul, he had fruit towards God. 
And one of the things the Lord was speaking to me, and I'm just going to be giving you some things here quickly because of the time, but just something I want you to remember. Not only are we to walk in the fruit of the Spirit with one another because we really concentrate, oh, I've got to walk in patience towards my fellow man. I've got to walk in love. You, I want, the Holy Spirit reminded me and told me of something to tell you. You also have to practice the fruit of the Spirit on your own self. You want to get delivered? You want to get healed? As we go through these times, as you're preparing, as you feel like you might have failed so many times in, in 08, the Holy Spirit wants to remind you, you can practice and have the fruit of the Spirit towards yourself. In other words, you can love and be patient with yourself as you can with others. We concentrate so hard on being patient with one another, but how patient are we with ourselves? We, we read all the books. We get everything we can to learn how to love others. But how much can you love yourself? Because after all, how can you love your neighbor if you hate yourself? So how can you walk in the fruit of the Spirit with your neighbor if you cannot practice the fruit of the Spirit with yourself? Amen. No matter how good the tree looks, he's looking for fruit. And fruit that remains. Fruit that remains. You know, a number of people ask me, why don't you preach more on the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Why don't you preach more on the gifts? Why don't you preach more of this and that and the other? You know why? Because a lot of people who are all into that, I don't like their personality and character. They're all gift, but they're mean. And let me tell you something. The word of wisdom won't help your marriage. The fruit of the Spirit will. The working of miracles won't help your marriage. The fruit of the Spirit will. Thank God for the gifts, but let me tell you something. You cannot take any credit for gifts because gifts are gifts of grace. They are freely given. I'm not nothing special. Everything that I have, God gives me. But what God considers special about me, I can preach like Paul but live like Saul. And God says, I don't care how well he sounded, I reject him. Because he had the gifts. But the gifts, listen church, the gifts do not produce fruit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit do not produce the fruit. The fruit comes from living and abiding in the vine. Abiding in Christ. And this is the year where we really have to develop and grow in those areas of abiding in Christ and allowing His life to go. Uh, we don't have time to look there, but I, sh- I shared it Sunday night, Jeremiah 17, 5 through 10. It talks about some are like shrubs. And, and they're shrubs in desert places. How many of you know shrubs? They're good for nothing but to look at. But he goes on to say, but we want to be like trees. He he quotes David there in Psalms 1. We want to be like trees planted by the rivers of living water. You hear? We want to be like trees planted by the rivers of living water that bear forth what? Fruit. Shrubs. Who wants to be a shrub? Let me ask you this. Who wants to marry a shrub? So many people, oh, you know, I just got him married. He's so good looking. He's got some money. He's got his own house and he's got a cool car. I just feel, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost all over that. (laughs) That man's a man for me. I just know that's the man God's given me. Well, let me ask you, date him a while. 
And after six months, does he keep, is he still teaching you, treating you? After two weeks, after two dates, is he still treating you like a lady? Or is he putting hands where he's not supposed to? Because self-control is part of the fruit of the Spirit. You don't want a, tr- a, a fruitless leaf tree. You want a tree. It may not look like much. It may be crooked like a dog's hound leg. But if it's got some pears, give it to me. You can bury a shrub and be miserable the rest of your life because all you've got is something to look at and all you've got to do is keep on clipping it. Or you can marry a tree and dwell with the abundance of His fruit. Are you hearing me, church? This is good preaching. This is simple, but this is good. But this is life. I'm going to move over here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I believe in that person. I believe in that. Does it bear fruit? That's the question the Lord is bringing to us because we've read He's the axe is at the roots of the tree. It's not bearing fruit. Cut it off. Remove it. And we're saying, Lord, this year too, let your mercy come. Because you know, how many of you know, some people are already feeling the pressure. How many of you know the real character, the fruit are revealed during pressure? You know, when, uh, uh, the other day I bought some of those mandarins that the guy sells on the side of the road. And they're all orange and they look so good. But when you open them, some of them, they, they look perfect and you peel them, but some of them were just dry. I want something that just runs down. I want to enjoy my fruit instead of realize what I bought is just worth throwing away. And you know, when we were working with the Mayans, uh, we had our interpreter and my assistant, Paciano Pacul, and we'd go to his house to eat, and I'd lay, they'd let me sit in the hammock. The hammock was their bed, their couch. The hammock was the only thing in the living room, and they'd sit on the floor, and I'd sit in the hammock. And one day, their little daughter, about five, six-year-old, came in there. She had a duck, and she had the duck turned uh, backwards. And she came up to me, and there I am in the hammock, and I'm just enjoying my little hammock, and she squoze it, squoze it. She squeezed it. She squeezed it. And guess what came out the back of the duck? And that was so funny, so she did it again. And she did it again. I had stuff running over my legs and the hammock. She just thought it was so funny. Well, I wonder what comes out of some of us. Oh, my goodness. I don't mean you. I'll come over. <laughs> I wonder what it means. I wonder what comes out under pressure. I wonder if we're a shrub under pressure. That oh, it's you're good to look at on Sunday, but I, I wonder if we can become a fruitful tree. That's just not something. Who cares about the looks? I want something to eat. Jesus says. I birthed you to bear fruit. Not just to be born again. I birthed you to bear fruit. And this, this age and this time we live in, it, it, with the gas prices that were sky high, or, or with the food, or with the economy, or whatever we have gone through, or maybe going through, or might go through, the Lord wants us to be fruitful even in the times of the wilderness. He wants us to be that example and to touch those people and, and, and work with one another. Not be, could not become so frustrated and just blow up 
at the church or blow up at work or blow up at home or let the pressures get to us to where we start losing our fruit and our leaves and we become just a dead tree that is good for nothing but Jesus said to throw into the fire. He's talking to the church here. The church in Revelation, it didn't have the uh, seven, they didn't have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. John 15, 16 says, I chose and appointed you to go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Acts 10, 38 said that Jesus was a man approved. Say approved. He was fruitful. He was approved of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus put so much emphasis on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we've got to see Gethsemane means pressed as he was pressed, as olives were pressed for the oil and the anointing to come out. So we've got to see the importance of what flows out of our heart and our mouth is the impartation of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you read in the book of Corinthians, chapter 1 and 2, the Corinthians had all the gifts. Boy, I mean, the Corinthians had the gifts of the Holy Spirit down. I mean, they were a going church. But in verse, in chapter 3, Paul says, but I've got to speak to you as cardinal." i got to speak to you as fleshly. You may have the gifts down packed, but you don't have the fruit down packed. Yeah, oh, you're prophesying, and it's awesome. Isn't prophecy great? You're casting up devils. Oh, isn't that great? You're speaking in new tongues. Oh, isn't that awesome? But if you do not have the fruit of the Spirit, it's a lot of sounding. Because you know why? You're talking about the gifts but you're fighting over who belongs to Apollos and who belongs to Paul. You're fighting and arguing over things that don't have any meaning because it's not who Paul and it's not who Apollos is, it's who gives the increase, and that's the Holy Spirit. So he's talking there about you can have all the gifts, but you're carnal. In Acts 20, verse 26 through 31, Paul says there, listen now, he says, I'm going to go from you, but he says, there's going to become wolves are going to come among you. And there's going to be wolves come from the outside and there's going to be wolves rise, raise up on the inside. He says, watch out. Everybody say, watch out. Watch out. Watch out. And that, that word there is the word chameleon. Chameleon. They're going to come those from outside and there's going to rise up from among you. Those who are going to deceive and hurt. You will know them by their fruits. It's not how good they look. It's not how many books they write. This is the hour where we have to wake up. And it's not by the books or how big the church is even. Because, you know, people say, Brother Russell, and we're going to read some scriptures here. Why do we see people come and go? You're going to see. It says he continually prunes. Thank God for the core. and Thank God for those who stay and they stay. But he says he's going to continually prune. Why? Because he wants a fruitful church that he can be Lord over. Amen. He says, be careful for those who are chameleons or they change to whatever is convenient. For example, like I said, you can be a well-known preacher, have one of the largest church and fastest growing churches in the United States. You can have the best sellers. But when you get on public TV and they ask you, what is your stay on homosexuality? And on TV, when you have an opportunity to speak the word of God and you say, we just accept everybody as they are. You're a chameleon and you're turning to what's convenient at the time. What you need to say, it's a curse. It brings a curse upon the land. It destroys families and children. 
It brings in diseases and the curse of God. And it's an abomination before God. But so is adultery. So is fornication. Every sin is an abomination before God. And it's because of our sins and iniquities, Larry, that America is where it is. And it's because its ministers have become chameleons instead of standing up for the truth. When it's convenient, I'll, I'll compromise with this group. And then when I'm with another group, I'll compromise with this group. Then when I'm with another group, I'll compromise with this group. And all the church has been in many areas as shrubs and not trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord with fruit that remains. The fruit doesn't remain because we do not remain the same in the fruit of the Spirit. In the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. How many you still love me? We're not called to change with convenience. We're called not to change. We're called to change things. You want to use that word change? It's to change things and only the Spirit of God can change things. So that's why we have to be careful and watch. Turning to colors, watch for the fruit of the Spirit. You're dating that person. There's no fruit there? Adios, amigo. Leave that shrub alone. Find you a good tree. May not have much, but he might have fruit. <laughs> People without fruit are dangerous. And I keep picking about the men. How many of you know there's some shrubby women too? <laughs> Look with me, Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. It says, therefore, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Lord, I'm sorry. No, repenting. Verse 10. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. The message translation says, what counts is your life? It is green and, is it green and blossoming? Because if it's dead wood, it goes into the fire. Look at John chapter 15. John chapter 15. I want to show you some of the scriptures of Christ here. You say, well, how can I change? You cannot change. Only through grace and the Spirit of God can He change you. But that's why we're praying not for the acts. We're praying for the whole. We're going to work around our lives to get this fruit of the Spirit in this tree developing. Look at, look at John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit... Do you keep, we keep hearing that. Any branch that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing... The Amplified Bible says that stops bearing. You might have once bear. He cuts away, trims off, takes away... And listen to what it says in the Amplified. I love it. He cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit. Why? Why am I going through so much? What is going on in my life? Why can't I just live at peace? He cleanses and repeatedly, say repeatedly, repeatedly, constantly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. 
You are cleansed and prunes already because of the word which I've given you, the teachings I've discussed with you. Dwell in me and I dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding and being totally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from the union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. If you live in me and my words remain in you, now there's a reason to bear fruit, my words remain in you, and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. Now we go straight to ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. We go straight to that point, but we got to understand there are seven verses before that says, you better be abiding in me. And my words need to be abiding in you. And you need to be bearing fruit. And I'm going to be pruning you. And I'm going to be repeatedly cleansing you. And I'm going to be working on you. Then we get to a point where go ahead and ask me what you want. Because you have come to a point where you are a fruitful tree. And I can trust you with the abundance I desire to give you. When you bear, produce much fruit. Your Father is honored and glorified. And you show and prove yourself. You show and prove yourselves. To be true followers of mine. Over and over again. Your fruit shows it. You know in Argentina they have a way of saying. When they want to say. You can believe me no matter what. Hermano Dios lo sabe. Or in other words. God knows. Or I think here we would say. I swear to God. And they're lying out of their teeth. Because they say, I swear on my mother's grave. I swear to God. And and they're lying. Because the fruit shows that they're lying. Look at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Now, don't give up and leave. Matthew chapter 7. We're hearing the words of the teacher Jesus. I want him to work on me. You? I want him to work on me. You? So you want him to work on me too? Okay. Thank you. Matthew seven fifteen. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad fruit bears bad fruit. Every good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. He said it twice there. You will know them by their fruits. Now, we don't go around judging people. And we don't have to repeat what we may sense or what we may say. We're not to do that. But to protect ourselves and our family, to protect the church, to protect other churches and brothers and sisters, we we have to judge them and, and and, and test and try the spirits to see if they're of the Lord. Look at verse 21 now. Jesus is teaching here. 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, kuros, kuros, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Wow. Do you hear that, church? He's talking about fruit, then he starts saying, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, kurios, kurios, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, the fruit of the Spirit, against such there is no law. Depart from me. Yeah, but look at my gifts. I don't try to come get gifts. I come to get fruit. I look for fruit. I look for fruit. And you know, when we've had to make decisions and and different things that we've had to do in the past. They were gifted and talented people and, and good people. But the Lord is looking for fruit. And we do not want to be a body that, because you look good, you sing good. I've met some people who sing good and they're mean. I mean, instead of singing when the roll is called up yonder, you may as well sing, Who let the dogs out? Woo, woo. Rough. He says, It's by your fruit that you glorify me. Not by your gifts. Because you know what? You didn't get those gifts on your own. He gave them to you. How can you brag about something he gave to you? Like people say, Oh, pastor, how did you build that church? Boy, you must be a man of faith. Uh-uh, God did it. I didn't build this. He built it. So I don't brag about, I don't go to meet with other pastors and say, let me tell you about my church. Let me tell you about this. I don't go around bragging. Why? Because I didn't do this. God did this. By your fruits, you'll know them. He cursed the tree that looked good. Now the word, let, let me get to this point here. The word Lord, kurios, it means he that has a legal right over your life and death. He that has a legal right. It means absolute, write this down, absolute authority. Absolute authority. The word Lord means absolute authority. The word Lord there means absolute dominion over you. The word Lord there means ruler And dominant leader. Dominant leader. We were watching a program the other day and and this newscaster was talking about when they were filming the great apes that they got real close to these apes in Africa. And one of the men with a camera stood up to film a baby. And the big King Kong, the big ruler of the apes was sitting there. And when the guy with the camera stood up to film the apes, he, he got real tall, and you're never supposed to put your head higher than the head of the king of the apes, the ruler of the apes. And that ape, that ape had an eight-foot arm reach, and he reached over and grabbed that man's head and pushed him down below his. I would have stayed. 
I would have got a tripod, put that camera, and see you, King Kong. You can have the show. But he was the dominant ruler. And that's what the word Lord, Lord. Lord, I prophesied. I did this. I did that. He said, yeah, and you lifted your head higher than mine. You lifted your will higher than mine. I didn't have the dominant ruling or say so. I told you not to marry that person. You said, but I'm going to marry that person. I told you not to do that, and you did. I told you not to do, go there, and, and you went. I told you not to quit that church, and you quit. It's amazing me. The people with years of serving Christ who've come up to me and said, we're leaving the church. I said, well, did you pray about it? Don't have to. You're a bush. Because by your fruits, you will know them. Because if you say He is your Lord, but yet you do not have to seek His will, and you can just make up your own mind and live your own life and do whatever you please, then you're not, it, it ain't bothering me not. But you're hurting yourself. Because you're taking yourself underneath the hand of He who has dominion and might. You hear me, church? It's in Him we live, move, and have our being. The branch, what did it say? If the branch cuts itself off and it's independent of the vine, and I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about what the Lord just does His own thing, gets out from the dominion and the absolute authority from God, living independently, living independently for decisions, just to do what I want to do. It's a bush. How many know we are representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ? And Jesus wants to be Lord over His church. He is Lord over this church. And when we confess Him as Lord and we say, Jesus Christ is Lord, it means He has total control and dominion over me. I will not make a decision based on my feelings. I will accept the Lordship of Jesus Christ in every area. Nothing can stop you or put you down when Jesus is Lord. Now, we're believing that this is the year of the Lord. And thank God for talent. There are people who can teach greatly. Who, I mean, the word, you, you squeeze them, the word just comes out of them. But it's here and not here because there's no fruit that remains. They can preach it. They can teach it. But they can't live it. And there's areas in life where God wants to just develop the fruit in our lives to where there's fruit in our lives and it remains. This is the year for God to act, but He must be Lord. Well, you know, I'm just going to do things my way. Yeah, Elvis and Frank Sinatra sung that song too, and they're both dead. They were miserable. They read one of Elvis's last letters, and he was saying, I just wish God could help me sleep. Well, if he would have lived for God and really surrendered to God, he would have slept because the Word says, I'll give you perfect peace. Do things my way. And it goes on to say there uh, about you workers of iniquity. This is what the word iniquity means. It means, for example, a father and a son is walking. And the dad is counseling the son. Son, you don't want to do this. You don't want to go there. Or, Or daughter, you don't want to open that door. And she shrugs away. The word iniquity means to turn your back on the way the truth, and the life. It's to turn your back and say, you're just an old man. You're just an old lady, mom. What do you know? 
You're so far caught up in the past. You're so caught up in all that stuff that you hear that you believe. You don't understand where I am. You don't understand the pressure I'm in. You don't understand the void in my life. You don't understand the searching in my heart. And Jesus is saying, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I give you sound counsel. And the word iniquity means to turn your back and go the opposite way. It hurts so much when a child may do that. But how does it make our Christ feel when we do it to Him? When Jesus says, listen, every branch, whether it's a minister, man, woman, child, it doesn't bear fruit year after year. And it's just taking up space. It's just making out that it is what it's not. And it's just a bush in the dry wilderness that has no roots. I'll cut it down and cast it away. He says, many on that day will call me Lord, Lord. And I'll say, depart from me. I'll never knew you. Iniquity means, write this down, the word iniquity means to live without no laws. I'm a self-made man. Nobody's going to tell me what I can do and not do. Nobody's going to try to influence me. I've learned to trust one person, and that's me. The Lord says, that's iniquity. When it doesn't line up with my, my words. How I many know he's a greater man than any of us are? Amen. I am the Lord and I want fruit. Hmm. Let's start this new year off. And let's bind every canker worm. Let's bind every locust. Let's bind every caterpillar. And let's start pruning and let's start working. I want to finish in Revelations 22. You know, people's been telling me, you need to preach on the end times. Well, today I am. Yeah, but I don't hear nothing about heaven. Well, I'm trying to preach how you'd get there. You know there's golden streets, and you know God's there, and you know Jesus is there, and you know there's going to be things loosed. And You've read the book of Revelation. Well, let me preach to you about the end times right here. Revelation 22. You can't get any more ender than that. That's the end of the book. So we're going to go to the ender. In Revelations 22, verse 11, this is the living. This is, this is a warning. Revelation 22, verse 11. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. And let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon bringing my reward and will with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first, the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit of the tree of life. But verse 15 says, Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshipers. And with that list of people, listen to what it says. And I know many, I'm not none of those things, but listen to what it says. And all who love to live a lie. And all who love to live a lie. And all who love to live a lie. 
I want you to stand.